You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Our calling is to preach the gospel everywhere, especially where Christ is not yet known. Learn more about this truth in week two of our series, The Mission Continues. Good evening. Welcome to our Tuesday service. We're continuing on our series, The Mission Continues. All right, this series as our mini-series on world missions. We're going to hear from the Word of God how important this really is. Today we're going to talk about um, more of our assurance when we do it. Like what makes it work. All right, so I invite for all of you um, to see it for yourself from the scriptures. Like I mentioned last week, we will have the scriptures on the screen, but it would be good for you to have the Bible, a digital Bible or a physical Bible right in front of you so you could track along with me. All right? So open your Bibles to Romans chapter 15. We're going to read verse 18 to 21. And when you're there, type the word Bible. Okay? Type the word Bible right now so we know that you have it with you. There you go. I'm going to give you a few more seconds. Type the word Bible, okay? There. Very good. Now you have it with you. Now we can begin. Romans 15, verse 18 to 21. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the word of the Lord. God, thank you. Um, that you are um, doing something great in the world. You are advancing your kingdom through people, through faithful people, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, tonight that our confidence will, will grow in the idea of world missions. That our confidence, our faith in you to make this happen will grow. And that we'll see that we can as well take part. And have the confidence that as we take part, it will come to pass. Lord, your gospel will, will be proclaimed to the nations. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Last week, I mentioned to you that victory is part of a global movement called Every Nation. All right? Globally, that's, that's, what we're, what, that's our name. That's who we are. And from the name itself, that's the vision. It's to bring the gospel of Christ. It's to plant uh, churches and campus ministries in every nation. And what, we're, what we are to do is that when we plant the, uh, a ministry there, a campus ministry and a church there, the goal is for that church to be an apostolic church, to send and, and to send out missionaries to other nations somewhere close around their region. So again, it's not just for us to plant a uh, church there and a campus ministry and leave. No, it's to empower them as well to do the same. And by doing so, then we're able to do our part in advancing the kingdom of God by making disciples of all nations. I love the movement and I've seen the success in what our movement has done. And I, I, I will present to you some stories and I, I presented you some stats last week. 
But really, the assurance of success is not in the experience of this movement or in any organization out there. The assurance of success isn't found just in the best practices or the track record of these um, ministries. The assurance of success is in, is in the three things that we will find in the scripture and what the scripture mentioned right here. The first is this. The person, teaching, and work of Christ. That's where we could be assured that we'll find success when we do world missions. In the person, teaching, and the work of Christ. Verse 18. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished. Let me pause there. Except what Christ has accomplished. Now, first we have to understand who this Jesus is. This Jesus is the way, is the only way, right? He is the only way to salvation. And it's through Him, and only through Him, that people will be saved. Not through their good works, not through praying to anything else and anyone else, but only by putting their faith in the finished work of Christ. But we also need to understand His teaching, because His teaching has authority, and that's found in the Scriptures. His teaching is the truth. Through the person of Christ, He is the Savior. Through His teachings, which is the truth, you'll find that in the Scriptures and through His work. His work on the cross. That one-time sacrifice that brought salvation for all who will believe, who will put their trust in His finished work. That brought eternal life. The person that teaching the work of Christ is summed up in John chapter 14, 6, when he says, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except to me. He is the way. He, his person, he is the only one that can save. He is the truth, the scriptures, his teachings. He is the life. His work has given us eternal life. And so, through the person and the work of Christ, we can be guaranteed that we could have great success when we do world missions. Because as we read here, continuing on verse 18, going back to the scriptures, what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. Now, what Paul says is that the person and work of Christ has been made known to him. Therefore, he has responded to this. Therefore, this has changed his life and has given him a new mission as well. So what happens is when a missionary is sent, he's not just there to teach about the person, the work, uh, the, the person, the teaching, and the work of Christ. No, but he's there as a witness to how these has actually changed his life and has given him a renewed purpose and a new mission in life. See, that's what happens. That our missionaries, when they're sent there, we're not just sending people who are intelligent and who are you know, doctrinally sound, but we're sending out people who have been touched by the gospel, who have been changed by the gospel, who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it's through this revelation, okay? Paul right here mentions that he has experienced a radical change in his life. And has given him a new mission. See, when the gospel is proclaimed right, 
It has the power to change lives. And it has the power as well to give a new purpose and to give a new mi mission to many. Second thing that gives us an assurance that world missions will work is the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. By the power of signs and wonders. It's not by our own strength. It's not by our own you know, personality or our, like I mentioned earlier, our, our, our doctrinal uh, our beliefs. No, it, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Of course, all that comes into play. Experience, uh, doctrine, all that is, of course, that's what will be used. But not by our own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just by pure teaching, but also by signs and wonders. By God opening doors miraculously. And by you know, great miracles as well. And we have stories upon stories of how people in other nations have come to the saving knowledge of Christ because of a miracle that they saw. Now, God can move in that sense, but God can also move in a sense, in a, in a way, in science, wherein He opens doors. All of a sudden, there's miraculous favor. All of a sudden, a campus is open. I can tell you about um, one, one short-term, just a short-term mission trip last year um, to... Um, uh, to Pakistan, where the team Pakistan was trying to reach uh, this this particular um, major university, but at, I believe Pastor Jam and his team was the one who who was part of that team, and they were able to open that campus up for the ministry. <laughs> All right, and what an amazing thing! And these are signs; these are miraculous favors. A short-term mission trip, being short-term group of missionaries being the key to open a, a, a huge campus, very strategic campus in that nation. Amazing, right? I could tell you also about our team Panama. Um, of course, being led by our senior pastor here, Pastor Rico. Now, this is not a short-term mission trip. These, this is a long-term mission. These are long, this is a long-term team. And we're sending, we have sent out Pastor Rico. He'll be, he'll be going soon. But of course, we know this pandemic has um, caused a, um, a letdown. Well, uh, they were supposed to leave around June. Uh, by this time, they, they should have been there doing things. Uh, and some can view that as a letdown and all. But God, in the midst of this pandemic, has given them favor, has opened doors for them. And, this, and here's how. You know, we, we, we sent one of our, the team members, uh, Monette, to, um, to the university right there. And because of her presence in the university, she's, she's had access to find out about, um, to, to meet people and all that. All right? Now, one of the surveys of the university said that they, what they need, okay, what they're looking for, they, they gave the survey to students as to what kind of class would they want to take, what extra class would they want to take. One of the things that they, they, they found interesting is English classes, all right? And that was the key for our Team Panama to have an open door. Now, they have over 20 students, all right, that they're teaching English, the Team Panama, right now, here in the Philippines. They're doing it via Zoom. Now, even if, you know, 
you know, their trip has been postponed, God is opening doors. That's a sign right there of what God is doing. So it's really not by our own might. and It's not really by our own effort that God will open doors. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, by, it's through signs and wonders that God will open up doors, that God will open up the eyes of people to see that Jesus is Lord. It's not by our power, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And these missionaries, when they're sent, they're sent right there. Yes, with the message of the gospel, but also with the power of the Holy Spirit that can open blind eyes. Wow, I'm just am- this is just amazing, really. So let's pray. You know, when, whenever you hear about a team being sent to a nation or a, a, a missionary is already there, let's pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to fill them up, that they may open doors, that eyes would be opened as well. And finally, first again, um, what gives us the assurance that missions, world missions will work, of course, the person teaching and the work of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, and finally, the pursuit of the missionary. The pursuit of the missionary. Verse 20, And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not to where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Look up the word ambition in its original, and it means it refers to pursuing and devoting oneself to things of great personal value, to pursuing things of great personal value. Now for Paul, it was his pursuit, it was his ambition to preach the gospel to a people who have never heard, okay? Now, there's nothing wrong with preaching on someone else's foundation, right? Ministers have never, um, uh, ministers build on a ministry of those who have already gone before them, all right? Like for us here, we're building on a ministry that have already gone before us, okay? For a pastor, there's nothing wrong with that. But Paul, however, was not a pastor, He was an apostle. He was a missionary. And he was sent to places where the gospel has not been preached. So for a missionary, it's different. That's their ambition. That's their pursuit. Now for us pastors, it's for the church. It's for the local church to strengthen them, teach them, and and, and equip them to do the works of the ministry. That's what we do as pastors. But for missionaries, their pursuit is different. It's to reach nations that have yet to hear about the good news, good news of Christ, about who Jesus is and what He has done. And that's why we need to honor our missionaries. We need to support them by praying, giving, and going. We, I keep saying that. We keep saying that. Why? Because, you know, what they're doing is quite different from what we're doing right here. Now, some of us pastors some, at some point will be called to be a missionary, just like what Pastor Rico is, has done. But anyway, but all of us have our different parts. All of us have our different missions. And so, if one has a part, we got to support that part, right? Now, talking about our ongoing church plants and future church plants, to date, we have 176 Filipino missionaries in 45 nations. Again, 176 Filipino missionaries to 45 nations. Now, the nations that we're in, all right, are, are, are you can see that on your screen right now. You'll see that on the other side of the screen. I want you to take a look at these nations. Now, what 
remember, when you look at the nations that we're going to, remember this. There, there is a team, all right, involved in those nations. Whether we're there already or we're about to go, there is already a team. And when you say there are a team, there are people. There are Christians who are getting off their comfort zone and who are moving in, by faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing with them the gospel, making a level of sacrifice. So when you look at those nations right there, I, don't, I hope you're not just looking at a list of, of countries, but that represents a team, that represents a people, a person who's moving in faith. These people have been called out by God to do this. Also, when you look at these nations, maybe God is impressing for you to one day be a missionary to that nation. If that's the case, well, please get in touch with us, right? Or when you look at these nations, maybe God is impressing on you to pray or to give to a team that will be sent right there. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of our church. We're not a perfect church. No, no church is a perfect one. But, I, but we try. We do our best to get the mission of God to all nations. And really, uh, Mark Statura says this. He's, one, he's a missionary as well. He says, the mark of a great church is not in its seating capacity, but it's in its sending capacity. And when I say church, I'm not talking about a church organization. I'm talking about us, a people called that one. So will this local church, will this church, will victory? Well, we have, through you, through your generosity, we've been able to do that. And my prayer is that we continue to do this. That this pandemic, I know at some point we're financially challenged, but I hope that that will not stop us to support, to, do the, to, to send out missionaries to the nations. Now as we land Last week, we talked about, you know, the who. I talked about three who's, right? Who's going to do it? Um, whose word are we bringing? Um, who are we going to reach? And, and today, basically, we talked about the how or, or what, rather. What, what's going to guarantee the success of nations of, uh, as we go out there? I mean, what's going to guarantee the success? And, of course, it's the three things. It's a person work of Christ. Of course, it's the power of the Holy Spirit and it's the pursuit of that missionary. It's his ambition. But I really, as we close this mini-series, I want to talk about the why. Why do we do this to begin with? I mean, this is not easy. I mean, we could just be concerned about our local church, just build this local church. We have our own issues here. Why don't we just focus on the local? And why, don't, why, do, we, why do we have to go global? Why? Why? Verse 16 from verse 15, uh, just a few verses above um, the scriptures we mentioned earlier. It says this, To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. The words that he were using Priestly, priestly duty, okay? An offering acceptable to God. These phrases, 
they signify the activity that happens in the temple in their time. The temple was the place of worship, right? And so the priestly duty was to preach the gospel. Preaching the gospel is worship. So that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God. That their lives may be an, an offering acceptable to God. Like in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, that is worship. Preaching the gospel is worship. A changed life and a renewed purpose is worship. What am I getting at? Here's the why. Why we do missions. Because we want to see the nations worship God. It's not just to plant a church, period. And to have people fill the seats and for people to do the activity of evangelism. No. Ultimately, all that is this. It's worship. We want to see the people in other nations worship the King of Kings. John Piper says, missions exists because worship doesn't. There are nations that don't worship Jesus for a large part. And so there, that's why there's missions. Because worship doesn't exist in some parts of the world. Alright? So may we make it our ambition to take the gospel to the nations for the sole reason that many more will worship the Lord. And as we participate, know this, you're already not just taking part in what God's doing, you're worshiping Him. That is a form of worship. When you pray, when you give, when you go, when you do all three, that is a form of worship unto the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, God, for this evening. And we thank you for the series. This series has really expanded our vision. But it has also fixed our focus. Not only has it expanded our vision in terms of the excitement of taking the gospel to, to the nations, but it has centered our focus to the very reason why we do this. And that is for the worship of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray today that as we participate, Lord God, and as we, as we just take a step of faith, thank you, Lord God, that this is an acceptable offering unto you. This is a worship offering unto you. And thank you, Lord, that we will see the day when many will give their lives to Christ and worship Jesus in those nations as well. So, Lord, we just pray for the nations that we are reaching out to. We pray for the missionaries, God. You strengthen them. You provide for them. You give them favor upon favor. God, bless them. God, maybe some of them could be discouraged. Lord, we pray for them right now that you build them up, Lord God. That you strengthen them. That, Lord, they will not be discouraged because they know that they have the gospel. They have the Holy Spirit. And would that ignite once more their ambition, their pursuit to press on, O oh God, despite the difficulty that this present pandemic brings. Thank you that truly the mission will continue through them and that we will be 
those who will hold the ropes for them as we do our part, Lord God, praying in giving. So, Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this series, Lord God. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you were encouraged by the message. For more podcasts and updates and to give online, visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app.